Welcome to episode number 33 of In the Word with Mel Bennett, a study of scripture passages from the Word of God. My name is Steve Webb. Thank you for being with us today. Pastor Bennett is again in chapter 6 of the Gospel of John, and today he's focusing on verses 59 through 65. So if you have your Bible with you, let's see what Pastor Bennett has to share with us today. Pastor? So good to be with you again. Thank you, Steve. And uh, first of all, I, and foremost, I want to say happy Mother's Day to our many mothers who I trust are listening and who hear this podcast on a weekly or biweekly basis, whatever it is that we're able to put together. My mother went to be with the Lord in 2007, and I miss her terribly. She was a wonderful inspiration, a tremendous prayer warrior, and was a blessing to all of us who knew her. Uh, secondly, I want to thank Steve again for his patience and endurance with me in putting together this podcast. I've had several problems over the last few weeks, which are no problem of Steve's, but mine alone. And I want to say thank you to him for his patience and understanding in putting this all together for me. Well, let's get right into the Word of God, shall we? John, the sixth chapter, verses 59 through 65. I want to talk about the all-important spirit this morning. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he came from was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe, and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no man can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. It's a little wonder that the followers of Jesus found this a hard saying. The word for hard in the Greek does not mean hard to understand, but rather it means hard to accept or hard to tolerate. Get that because it's very important to this study. The word for hard in the original Greek does not mean hard to understand, but rather it means hard to accept or hard to tolerate. Hard to accept or hard to tolerate. His disciples knew that he had been claiming that he was the very life of God come down from heaven and that no one could live this life or face eternity without accepting him or submitting to him. Here is a truth which lives throughout the ages. It is not the intellectual difficulty of accepting Christ which prevents people from accepting Christianity. It is the fact of Christ's moral demands. So it's not difficult for people to accept the fact of, of his resurrection. Many people do, and yet are not real true Christians because they do not face the fact of Christ's moral demands on their life. You see, at the heart of all religion, there must be a mystery. What do I mean by that? I simply mean, at the heart of all religion, there is God. Now, we must accept the fact that the infinite man can never comprehend the finite God. Let me say that again. 
we must accept the fact that the finite man can never accept or comprehend the finite God. If we could fully grasp God, then God would cease to be God and would simply be a larger-than-life man. The difficulty of Christianity is twofold. Number one, it demands an act of surrender to Christ and an acceptance of Him as the final moral authority in life. Secondly, it demands a moral standard wherein only the pure in heart may see God. The people who followed Jesus that day had difficulty accepting that which He said, which was, namely, He was come down from God with all the implications which went with it. To this day, many people who refuse Christ come not because he baffles or puzzles their intellect, but because he challenges and condemns their life. That's what I mean earlier when I said it is not an intellectual fact, but a matter of acceptance of Christ and his moral demands on our life. Jesus goes on not to prove his claims, but to state that events will one day prove it. What Jesus is saying here is, you find it difficult to believe that I am the bread, the essential of life that came down from heaven. Well, then you will have no difficulty accepting that claim when someday you see me ascending back to heaven. When the time comes for me to return to heaven and to my glory, then you will see what I claim is true. This is what Jesus is essentially saying to them. This is very, very important. It means simply this. The resurrection is a guarantee of all the claims of Jesus. He was not one who lived nobly and died gallantly for a lost cause. He was the one whose claims were vindicated by the fact that he died and rose again. Praise God. The resurrection is the proof of the claims of Jesus Christ. Now, look at verse 63. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. What does Jesus mean by this? What Jesus is emphasizing is the all-important thing in life is the life-giving power of the Spirit. The flesh is of no help whatsoever. The most important thing is the spirit, which in spirit in which any action is done. The value of anything depends on its aim. Get that. The value of anything depends on its aim. Let me give you an example very simply. If we eat simply for the sake of eating, we can become a glutton, and eating can do more harm than good. The point is, everything that is done in the flesh must have a purpose or spirit behind it or it is worthless. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Christ alone can tell us what life is and can give us the power to live it. It is Christ alone who can give us the aim in life, the spirit of life, and the purpose of life. It is Christ alone who can give us, number one, the aim in life, number two, the spirit of life, and three, the purpose for life. It is Christ alone who can provide the life, the strength, and the power to work in us that which is necessary to fight against the constant opposition that comes to us from without or within. Verse number 64. There are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew there were some who would reject him 
and some who would reject him with hostility. No one can accept Jesus unless the Spirit draws him, but a person can resist the Spirit of God, and such a person is not shut out by God, they are shut out by themselves. Now let's close by looking at verses 66 through 71. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that, thou, that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve, yet one of you is a devil? Verse 71, He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who through the one of the twelve was later to betray him. Here is a passage filled with real tragedy, for it is the beginning of the end. Many had come to him. There was the time of Passover when many people flocked after him and his popularity was very high. There was the people of Samaria when Jesus called the woman at the well and she went back and told the people and they asked him to come and stay with them and he did for several days. There was a great popularity of Jesus at that time. And there were those of Galilee who were willing to follow Jesus when he gave them bread and fed their bellies and they were hungry and wanted and, and he met their needs. Now the tone of things had changed. Now there was a growing hatred which would culminate in the cross. It is circumstances like these that truly reveal men's hearts. In these circumstances, there are three attitudes that generally prevail. First of all, defection. The people who were following him eagerly now were beginning to slip away. Why? Some probably saw where he was heading. It was impossible to challenge the religious leaders without there being serious problems. These were fair-weather followers. Those who drifted away would have stuck by Jesus as long as he was on the upturn. At first shadow of the cross, they were ready to leave. Secondly, there were those who shirked at the challenge and command of Jesus. There were those who followed Jesus for what they could get. When it comes to suffering for for or with him, that was a different matter. There is no one who can give up as much as Jesus. Think of what he gave up for you and for me. The Bible says he left the glories of heaven to become a man and taste of our sin, and he became sin for us, and so he gave up tremendous amounts that we might have eternal life. If we come to him only to get and never to give, we will join the crowd who turned back. Remember, if you will follow Jesus, there will be a cross. Secondly, there was deterioration. It is in Judas we can best see this deterioration. Jesus must have seen in Judas something he could use, but the tragedy is Judas, who could have become a hero, but instead became a villain. There is always a terrible danger in life. The years can take away our ideals. Our enthusiasm, our dreams, our loyalties, they can leave us with a life that has grown smaller instead of larger. There can be a loss of loyalties in life. I pray God will save us from that, the loss of a loyalty to Jesus Christ. Thirdly, there was the determination. Look at verses 67. 
You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. We now come to the situation that called out Peter's loyalty of heart. For Peter, there was a simple explanation, no one else to go to. Jesus alone had the words of life. Peter's loyalty was based on a personal relationship. There were many things in Peter's life which he still had to work out. Oh, we can watch him as he fails in walking on the water, and we can see him fail in many, many other ways and times in his life of following Jesus. But the fact of the matter is, though there were many things that he had yet to work out in his life, he was certain of his loyalty to Christ, and he was willing, at this point at least, to die for him. In the final analysis, Christianity is not a philosophy which we accept. It is not a theory to which we give allegiance. It is not something which is thought out. It is not something which is intellectually arrived at. It is, rather than these things, a personal response to Jesus. It is the answer of the heart to the drawings of Christ. It is an allegiance and a love which a person gives because their heart will allow them to do nothing else than follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. Do you have that kind of determination to serve the Lord today? Do you have that kind of a love for Jesus Christ? That is what God is looking for. But, you know, in the, in the days gone by, we sang a little chorus. It's only a chorus, but it has tremendous meaning to it. The chorus is, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Oh, may God grant that we would have that kind of commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we have decided, made up our mind, we'll follow the Lord Jesus Christ, and that though no one goes with us, we'll still follow him, and we will not turn back. No turning back, no turning back. Praise God. Would you join me for prayer today as we ask God to make his word a blessing to our hearts and to our lives? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God, which is true and powerful and strong in everyone's heart and everyone's life who will dare to believe and trust in Jesus. Oh God, help there to be no defection. Help there to be a strong determination to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that everyone that is listening to this broadcast today will follow the Lord Jesus Christ and will serve him all the days of their life. May God richly bless you and make this broadcast a blessing to you today. Listen, if you enjoyed the podcast, well, why not write to us, Mel Bennett, in care of Mike Bennett, 2974. Perra Road, P-E-R-A Road, Monroe, Virginia. I'll get it right here. 2974 Perra Road, Monroe, Virginia. 25874 is the zip code. Okay, thank you for listening and may God make this broadcast a blessing to you today. Thank you, Pastor. How sad it is when we see someone who deserts faith in Jesus. Yes, beloved, we must finish the race. We must not drop out. Oh God, help us to finish strong. 
At the beginning of Pastor Bennett's remarks today, he mentioned that the somewhat erratic schedule of the release of the podcast was all his fault, with none on me. I do want to say thank you to Pastor for saying that, but I do bear the responsibility this week. Pastor B sent this message to me a couple days ago, but I've been so busy that I only got to preparing this episode this morning. So, Pastor held up his end of the production this week. It was my fault for publishing it late. I'm sorry. Let me give you Pastor Bennett's home address again. If you'd like to send him a real, honest-to-goodness letter written on paper, put in an envelope, and slipped into a mailbox. The address is Mel Bennett, that's B-E-N-N-E-T-T, care of Mike Bennett, 2974 Para Road, that's P-E-R-A, Road, Monroe, Virginia, 25874. And if you prefer to send an email, you can do so at pastorb at lifespringmedia.com. That'll get directly into his inbox. Take a moment and drop him a line. The best way to get all of Pastor Bennett's podcasts is to subscribe. Of course, it's free. If you have a podcast app, just search in your app for In the Word with Mel Bennett, or you can subscribe at subscribe.lifespringmedia.com. And on that page, there's even a way for you to receive an email whenever a new episode is published. Well, now, with all the business taken care of, I'll say, until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.